And down the stretch they come. Just a handful of games remain in the Major League season. Right now, the Yanks are in the top spot of the wild card, and they control their own destiny. One more versus the Jays, and a monumental three-game set in the Bronx versus the Rays remain. Will the Yankees get a wild card spot? We break down the big games ahead in different scenarios as the post-Ken Davidoff stops by. It's all next on a final playoff push edition of the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. 2-2. Scoop to left field. Is it fair? If it's fair, it's gone. It is gone! A three-run home run for Stanton. He's done it again. And he breaks this one open as the Yankees lead 6-2. He cannot be stopped. A base hit to left field. Scoring is Gallo. Torres rounds third. He will score. It's a tie game. A big two-run single for Higashioka. And Boone made the right call. And Higashioka comes through. That one is driven out into right center field. On the run is Wade on the track. See ya. A home run for Machette. And the Blue Jays retake the lead 6-5. to five. Hello and welcome back to the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast with the New York Post. I'm Chris Sheeran alongside my co-host, four-time Yankees World Series champion, lockdown reliever, Jeff Nelson. You'll hear our please end the season Mets fan producer, Jake Brown, as well. Follow the whole crew on Twitter. At Chris Sheeran, yes, at NYNelly43 and at Jake Brown Radio. The post Ken Davidoff will join us later in the pod. And those Yankee highlights you heard from the past two nights our courtesy of Picks 11 with Michael K on the ones and twos. Nelly, on the ones and twos for the Yankees in game two against the Toronto Blue Jays, was their ace in Garrett Cole. And quite simply, I mean, I'm not going to go on this long diatribe here. He's got to be like, you know, we do this thing on the S Network. A lot of things are sponsored by Montefiore doing more. Well, Garrett Cole has to do more there as the team's ace. And as the $36 million man, you need more out of your ace in that spot in that game against the Blue Jays. Well, how many times have we said that? You know, it's he pitched on Friday against the Red Sox. And we said, okay, this is his most important start of his career. We got spotted seven runs in the first three innings. So obviously a little easier to be shut down then, You, you know, to just shut down the Red Sox, go out and pitch your game. Obviously, he has great stuff. And obviously, you know, you go sign this guy for certain moments during the season. Yesterday was one of those moments during the season that you're going up against a very good pitcher in Barrios that has nasty stuff, has lockdown stuff, and you're going to have to match zeros with him. And he did not. And to me, I'm looking at some of the games, some of the big games that he's needed to pitch. And when it comes up to must-win games or going up against another pitcher that can lock down an offense like the Yankees, you wonder, can he go zero for zero for with guys? Can he shut down teams and then also sit in the dugout, come back and throw up a zero? And I'm beginning to wonder, maybe he can't, or, or maybe he's having a hard time doing that because yesterday was a perfect example of him not getting early runs and him having to throw up zeros and, and just waiting for his offense to score so he can cruise into the game. Everything was out over the middle of the plate. I was listening to the post game last night on 
yes with Flash and and Jack Curry and Bob Lorenz. And, uh, you know, it, it was perfect because they, he never made an adjustment. He kept going with the four-seamer. It kept riding out over the middle of the plate. He would not make an adjustment, whether he did not have a feel for his breaking ball in the beginning or he didn't want to throw it for strikes. He just did not make an adjustment. And you cannot continue to throw meatballs down the middle of the plate to one of the best offenses in the game. I don't care what kind of game plan that everybody thought that Toronto had. If you're going to give him a fastball right down the middle of the plate and you're trying to go away, next thing you know, it leaks out over, you're going to get crushed. And he just was not that guy, not that guy that the Yankees needed. Nelly, I, I remember walking out after doing my last batting practice show of the season at Yes, and the guys asking me, like, what do you think? What's going to happen, especially in this Blue Jays series that's coming up? And I looked at them and I said, you know, Cole is their ace. He has shown flashes of brilliance this year. I always point back to that game before the all-star break where he chased Aaron Boone off the mound. He threw 129 yeah, pitches. Astros, yeah. yeah. And he was absolutely exactly what the Yankees signed. I mean, that's what every Yankee fan was on Garrett Cole's back and they were riding him into the all-star break. And I said, but beware because this Blue Jays team if he thinks he's going to go in there and pepper 97, 98, 99 mile an hour fastballs right down the middle, I said, this team eats fastballs for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That was the last thing I said walking out of the studio. And all Garrett Cole talked about in the postgame, Nelly, was his plan. We had a good plan. If throwing fastballs was your plan against the Blue Jays, now look, he might not have had a feel for his breaking stuff, and that's fine because sometimes Nelly is, as you know, that happens. It happens to starters. It happens to relievers. When you're warming up in the bullpen, sometimes you just don't have a certain pitch. But he's been doing this for quite some time, and he went to the changeup later. He went to the slider later, and that seemed to help get him back on track. But he needs to figure this out sooner. You just can't keep throwing your fastball, especially to a team like the Blue Jays, and expect to have success. And here's the other thing that I took out of that postgame press conference. We were texting as you know as it was happening, but I'll, I'll say to you now, when I hear the ace of a team ask the question like, like what happened, what's going on? And he says, well, we're running into good teams. That doesn't cut it for me, Nelly. <laughs> when you're in the postseason and you sign a guy for $36 million a year, this is why you're signed for that much money, to shut these good teams down. That that pissed me off to no end last night. Yeah, and then, you know, he listened to his – I know he's an emotional guy, and, you know, it was almost looking like he – it almost looked like he was going to cry during the postgame. Uh, interview and I was like come on man you know keep it together I know you're emotional you're probably you're upset because you let the team down obviously listen he's got good stuff he's a great guy uh you know there's a reason why the Yankees have signed him but there's a reason why they signed him because of games like yesterday and also it could be a reason why they signed him like a game possibly on Sunday if they need him to come back on short days rest which he hasn't done all season and then also if they don't need him on Sunday they're going to need him in that first game of the playoffs so you're wondering okay what's that going to look look like you're going to go up either against sale or maybe a possible mariner team or even a blue jay team again so who knows who that who's who those teams so one two of those four teams are going to make the playoffs and that's including the yankees you know i'm just saying you you can't cry on you you can't cry i mean there's no crying in baseball i understand that you're emotional (laughs) i understand that you're wearing your feelings on your sleeve that's fine you know they're not going to give you the the media is not going to give you a benefit of the doubt because all of a sudden you're shedding a tear you should have gone out you had a better game plan and and it's just like you, you hear these stories all the time we're really happy about the way we can our team or we're really happy about the way we played 
how can you be happy with the way you played when you sucked and you lost? You lost a game. And defensively, they just continue to be a circus act. It's just unbelievable with this team. You cannot win games when you're giving outs away to, again, a top offensive team like Toronto. We'll, we'll get to the defense. I, I just want to wrap up the whole Cole thing with, with one other thing that I took out of the press conference. And that was his talk about tunneling and all these other catchphrases that we're hearing with pitching nowadays. Did you guys use this uh, vernacular when you were in the league? I mean, were you tunneling pitches? Were you getting a slider? What the hell did Matt Blake call it? He's got a slider shape. Did you have a slider shape or did you just have a slider? I mean, I'm I'm asking. I'm, I, I don't want to make fun of it, but I'm just asking you if it was the same when you were there, Nelly. With the well, it's, you know, all these all these cliches that these guys are throwing out. Boone does the same thing. It's like it's almost like I think they throw these things out to fool the fans or fool media because it's like okay, if I can talk in a certain way and start spitting out words that people won't understand, they'll say, oh, okay, you, you know, they'll start going getting confused and and saying, well, I really don't understand what he says, but you know, it has to mean something because it was a good saying you know i know i've never heard of tunneling i've never heard of shape you know he has a good shape on his slider or his sliders a good <laughs> i i don't know I, I i don't know you know i when i look at aces you know if i go back and when i pitched and and i look at aces and i want guys on a mound that i know that okay if i need one game and these are only guys that i maybe played with or against i can go nationally we can do a number of guys Randy Johnson's one of those guys that I've been on the same team with him. And, and when we needed a win, I knew it was probably a day off in the bullpen. And that's what an ace is supposed to do. And it doesn't happen. Pedro Martinez, the same thing. When you have Roger Clemens, Pedro Martinez, I golfed in a golf tournament for the New York Rangers yesterday. And we were talking about that. It was a bunch of marketing guys for the Rangers were MSG, actually. So they do everything. The Knicks, concerts, you know, you name it. They were like, they were talking about pitching and saying, you know what? Those days when Pedro Martinez would lock up against Roger Clemens, that was must-see baseball, and that's that's a stuff. If you go around the league now, if you need a win, I would say Jacob Degrom when he when he's healthy. He's a guy that okay, if you need a win, you're getting a win. Now I don't know how deep of the game he's getting, or how many runs are going to be com- scored for him. <laughs> right, one complete game in his career. Max Scherzer is a guy you want someone to throw up, and he'll he won't he won't come out of the game. He may be one of the only guys that I might be able to name that if I need a win, then I'm going to Max Scherzer. And actually, this guy from Miami. And you'll, everybody will soon know who he is, is, Sandy Alcantara. This guy might be one of the top five right-handed starters in, in baseball. And he's he's a guy that I would want on the mound if I need a win. Garrett Cole might not be that guy right now and, and that I want on the mound if I need a win because I don't know what he's going to give you. All right, let's go back to the defense now. And, and that what did you see? I, I just want to get a former player's thoughts on what happened on that pop-up with Urshela and Gallo. So if you could break that down for fans listening right now and tell us who should have taken over and what you saw. We know Aaron, what Aaron Boone said in the in the postgame last night about he thinks Gallo should have took command, but what did you see, Jeff? Oh, anybody, any of the outfielders that are running in on the ball and an infielder has to run out on the ball, it's the outfielder's ball. It's a must. You, you know, if the outfielder can catch it, he takes charge, just like a center fielder. Anytime the ball goes in the gaps and he has a chance, he's the general in the outfield. He takes everything. If he can get it, he takes everything. And just like with Joey Gallo, Joey Gallo is a gold glove outfielder. He should have known that, okay, this is my ball. 
and I'm calling it all the way. It's one of those shallow fly balls. It was down a little bit behind third base, and it was an easy play for Gallo to come in and, and catch the ball. And actually, Gio Urshela could have caught it as well. Now I'm looking at it again, I'm going back in my day and I don't like doing it, but you know, Derek Jeter's the type, if he doesn't hear anything, he's catching this all day. And, and he says, I got it, I got it, until he hears that left fielder come in and charge, and he's yelling and screaming, I have the ball. Now, I didn't see that from anyone, and obviously Joey Gallo didn't come in and say, I have the ball. He was assuming Urshela was going to catch it, and Urshela was assuming that Gallo was going to catch it. So 99 out of 100, maybe 100 out of 100 fly balls on that occasion, the outfielder gets the ball. And that cost him a run. That cost him the fifth run. I mean, that's you can't have that happen. I mean, during the regular season, early in the season, okay, you know, sometimes those mistakes are going to happen, especially when you have a guy that just came over in Gallo, and then you have Urshelo moving over to short, a position that he's probably not used to, or he doesn't have very many games at. I, I can understand it. Okay, a little miscommunication. But you talking about four games left, five games left, and you make a mistake like that, and all of a sudden the Blue Jays capitalize on it, and that probably lost you the game. You, you know, you ha- you come back, you tie the score at five. You probably could have went up 5-4, and then you're coming to your shutdown relievers, and, and the game's probably over. Well, you just lost the game because of that defensive play. Now, I, I have something that's grinding my gears, but I'm going to save that for last here before we get to uh, Ken David off of the New York Post. So let me do this first. The A's are now eliminated. Your former team, another one of your former teams, Nelly, they're on a hell of a run, and that would be the Mariners. They have uh, three against the Angels this weekend after an off day today, Thursday, as we tape this. Uh, the atmosphere in Seattle has been absolutely nuts. They've won 10 of 11 since September 19th. Seven of those 10 wins, by the way, they've come against the A's. They basically have knocked Oakland out of playoff contention. So good on Seattle. We talked about their run differential all season long. You know what? They're doing what they need to do. They're beating the teams they need to beat, and they're putting themselves in a position to potentially have a four-team tie for this wild card which would be absolutely a thousand and of course former Met prospect jared kalenic is is hitting big hits for them in the final games of the season <laughs> as uh you know robinson cano is on a beach somewhere celebrating his uh, steroid uh, suspension so there you go <laughs> the yankees have the raise in the bronx this weekend and by the way the yankees fans need to sell out yankee stadium that that's essentially a playoff series for sure but nelly i said all that to to ask you this on the final week of the season do you have any memories now to me asking this question i know most of your teams had it locked up but do you have any stories from like playoff pushes in your career well one of them was with mariners in 95 the very first we, we came back i think we had a fifth we were out by 15 games from the Angels, and we, they are, I think I, we heard that they took their team picture in the middle of August saying, okay, this is a playoff team, and this is our playoff postseason picture, and we came back, and, and the Kingdom was the loudest indoor stadium I've ever played in. You couldn't even talk to your neighbor or talk to the guy next to you. It was so loud, and we were going all the way into this, and it really reminded me, you know, the Mariners are going in, and they're playing the Angels. It reminds me of a lot of that in 95 season that all we needed to do, the Angels and the A's were playing, and we were in Texas, and all we needed was the Angels to win one game against the A's, and we wouldn't have to, or the A's to beat the Angels one time, and we wouldn't have to play that play-in game like we did. And we're sitting there. We win two out of three against the against the Rangers. We had Kenny Rogers going. They had the Kenny Rogers for the Rangers the first day, and he beat us. And we're like, oh, all we have to do is one win. And 
the A's wound up getting swept by the Angels. And we're like, you got to be kidding me. So we wind up playing that one game in the Kingdom, and we had Randy Johnson. You know, this is a guy that, okay, like I said, if you want one guy to win a game, this is the guy. And he'll throw 125, 130 pitches, and he can handle it. And it was the most exciting game that I've maybe ever been a part of, is to beat the Angels in that one game to see who won the West and go into the playoffs and face the Yankees. You know, a lot of the other teams, you know, the Yankees in 98, we, we – probably clinched well we did we clinched earlier than anybody in history and that was in the beginning of september uh we had you know 2000 we backed in a little bit we played some horrible baseball the last six games and the red sox lost so we wound up winning by default you know we uh they lost and we kept watching watching the tv hoping that the red sox would get beat so we can clinch because we weren't playing good baseball but it's that time of year that guys show up you know once you get into the postseason you know you wonder why superstars don't do well and you know you look at the Blue Jay team, for instance, and they wanted to give the game to the Yankees. So the first two games I'm watching them, I said, this team does not want to win, or they don't know how to win because the pressure's so di- so difficult on them. And it, it does become, you know, pitches start leaking out over the middle of the plate that should be away. That's why, you know, you look at Garrett Cole. Is this time of year getting to him? If he Is this the pressure that he's thinking that, oh, no, the Yankees signed me for this, and I don't know how to handle it? I don't know how to throw a pitch where I wanted to throw. Pressure uh, is a know. privilege. He said it in his press conference. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, another cliche. It's just, you know, <laughs> go out there and throw the damn baseball and and do you, – you got paid for a reason, but some guys don't show up. You look at Alex Rodriguez, you know, a superstar numbers, whether it was steroid help or not, he could not play in the postseason. I know it's so, such a short short time, but everything and everything is so magnified, but – it's one of those pressures that you just have to say, okay, this is kind of like a regular season game, even though it's not, and you have all the eyes on you, and, and you, you try, you can't be perfect. You can't be perfect anytime. We just have to, you know, sit back and relax in, in some way. You know, I hated watching. I always wanted to be in the, in the game. I hated postseason baseball as far as watching the game because I couldn't control anything. I'm waiting for my team to score. I'm waiting for the other guys on the mound to shut down the other team. And I wanted in the game to just to ease some ease some tension, ease some stress, and at least I had some control over things. And it was a lot easier for me to go and pitch in a postseason game than it was to watch because you're just mentally exhausted at the end of the game because it's just draining. And, you know, this time of year is the best time of all. And, you know, going into this series, we'll wrap it up, going into this Tampa series, if the Yankees lose and if they go and they're tied for a wild card spot, the Yankees aren't making the playoffs. They're not going to beat the Rays two out of three. And that's what they would have to do if they lose tonight. And then all of a sudden you see the Red Sox and the Yankees tied for a wild card spot. All right. Well, let me get to what, let's see. Peter Griffin has stuff that grinds his gears. Our our buddy Vic DiBattetto has ticked off Vic. So this is kind of in that vein. And this is sheer and soapbox, I guess. Last night I saw a tweet. Okay, and the tweet will remain nameless, but it it just it got under my skin. Stanton's flyout in the eighth had a 97 percent hit probability. It would have been a home run in three ballparks, including Yankee Stadium. The only problem, they weren't in Yankee Stadium. They were in Toronto. Hit probability on a ball that was caught for an out. What the hell are we doing here? Catch probability on balls that were caught. I don't give a rat's ass, Nelly what the catch probability was if the ball was caught. I don't give a flying F-bomb the hit probability if the hit was actually an out. What am I supposed to do as a fan? Sleep better knowing that, ah, you know what? 
Stanton, that ball he hit, oh, it had a 97% chance that it was going to be a hit. The Yankees still lost, but you know what? 97%, that's an A. Let me fluff up my pillow and get some rest and sleep well, knowing that there was a 3% chance that that wasn't going to be a hit. For Christ's sake, I, I, I don't know what the hell these stats are supposed to mean. I, I don't. I know. love the I love the S Network guys, and I think they do a tremendous job. And I, you know, it's the same thing. It was on that same that same hit that Stanton hit out to the warning track. You know, and someone says, "Oh, that has a hundred and eight mile an hour exit velocity." I don't understand why that didn't get out. I mean, okay, I, who cares? You know, this, <laughs> it's an this is out. This is uh, I don't I don't care how hard the ball is hit. I mean, I don't know if this is a mule mule. Uh, you know, a, a a victory or, a, you know, I, I don't know what it is. I mean, this is what analytics have destroyed the game because everybody's going towards these numbers and the ifs and buts and candies and nuts and all that stuff. You know, it's, <laughs> it's let's, let's go, it, you know, analytics are killing the game. Millennials and these, these young kids do not give a crap about 108 exit velocity because for one, they don't understand it. You know, Oh, that must've been hit hard. Moral victories. This is what baseball, this is what sports have become, especially baseball, is moral victories. Oh, is Stanton going to go in that locker room and say, man, I hit that 108 miles an hour. How did that not get out? I'm like, come on now. I mean, who cares? Oh, that has an exit velocity of 108.3 miles an hour and a trajectory of whatever degrees. I'm like, who cares? I mean, you're, you're talking, are you, are you, are games being broadcast to scientists or scientists are they are they the only fans watching this game i wish they would take a poll through just have a sellout stadium and ask what percentage really knows what the hell these numbers mean and what percentage likes these numbers being spit out now i know there are some there are some that like the numbers there are some like oh i really want to know how hard that was hit okay good for you or how hard that was pitched. Throw up the right velocity instead of saying 100 miles an hour all the time. Kelly, on a, on a, on a hit, on a ground ball, a screaming ground ball that, that has 115 mile an hour exit velocity that zips by a shortstop. Yeah, then I care. Because you know what? That has something to do with why that was a hit. If it was maybe 80 or 90 miles an hour, maybe the shortstop's able to get to it. There well, are- how about when it's a shift and you hit an 80 mile an hour exit velocity to the other side and you knock in two and it's a 10 hopper? Okay, it's a base hit. Guess what? You look in the paper the next day and it's a single with two RBIs and I just went the other way. Well, how about that? Instead of, oh, I want to crank it up and... I want to hit 110 miles an hour and hit a ground ball through the other side and try to hit through the shift. Oh, maybe I can hit a 75 mile an hour one and go the other way You're and right. still get the job You're done. You're absolutely right. And we've seen Giancarlo Stanton do both of those. And uh, yeah, now we're going to welcome in our pal, our buddy, uh, Ken Davidoff from the New York Post, right after this on the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. Joining us now is friend of the program, longtime New York Post baseball columnist, Ken Davidoff. Follow Ken on Twitter, at Ken Davidoff. Read his stories in the Post and NYPost.com. And sign up for Post Sports Plus now and get your free 30-day trial. Kenny, thanks for so much for coming on and spending some time with us once again. And I'm going to start with you the same way I started with our good friend, Mr. Nelson. And that is uh, Garrett Cole. And the Yankees definitely need more out of the race as we head down the stretch here. You know, we've talked about the team as a whole being confounding at times during the season. Well, now we're seeing it out of their ace starter, seven extra base hits against the Blue Jays last night. That's the most he's ever given up, Ken, in his career. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't I don't remember much from school, but I, I you guys remember Occam's Razor? 
which was it's basically when you're trying to figure out something, the most simple explanation is most likely. And uh, I think the most simple explanation is most likely that he looks tired. He looks cooked, you know, going from 60 game season to 162. He had COVID, pitched a ton, and he just looks tired to me. Well, Ken, you know, I hear the 60 game schedule a lot last year. And, you know, especially come into play this year with a lot of guys, whether it's a reliever or a starter. And if I had a 60 game schedule, I'm loving every minute of it going into the next year because I know my arm was saved. I'm usually throwing 60 plus to 70 plus games. And all of a sudden I'm cut down to maybe 25 or 28 games. And all of a sudden I'm coming into a season that, hey, I'm fresh. And that's why I just don't understand that, you know, for me, as a somebody who played, you use the whole winter to get ready for a season. And this is okay. This is a perfect example how spring training is totally gone the opposite way as far as how guys leave. And I think it could be a result of what's happening now. If you look at how guys are leaving spring training, when I played maybe even 10 years ago, maybe even five or six years ago, compared to what they're doing now, they're leaving spring training not at 100 pitches. They're spring leaving spring training at 80, 85. So they're not built up like they should be or like they normally are. I think every single pitcher, every th- single starting pitcher in baseball should be able to go 115 pitches without any problem. And they should be gearing themselves and getting ready for themselves, however they work out, however they get their body ready, their arm ready to go that distance. And when somebody like Garrett Cole, you're paying $36 million and all of a sudden everybody's saying that 60 game season is now taking a toll. I'm going to say BS because they it's, it's the way they're coached. It's the way they're trained in spring training. And now all of a sudden you're seeing the ramifications of the BS that you're seeing in spring now. I mean, Nelly, I, I can't really, I'm not qualified to respond to that. You, you, you pitched in the major leagues for a long time. I, I, I pitched in little league. So, you know, and spring I, training has always been for the starters. I mean, yes, it's been for the hitters because you see they want to get into rhythm. Relievers don't care. We get 10 innings and we're ready to go. But starters, that's what it's for. It's arm strength to build up their pitches to get ready. And they're leaving camp at 100 pitches to 110 pitches. And they're starting right off the bat unless they're laboring through a game. And I wanted to ask you about, you know, to me, okay, if he's tired and that's the excuse, whether it's a hamstring or whether he was asked that question yesterday and he gave a quick answer, yep, fine. And so, okay, whatever it is, obviously he's not giving an excuse, which you don't want to hear. You know, I saw some tears. I don't want to see some tears when you're doing a post-game interview either. So uh, with that being said, you, you look at him Friday night against the Red Sox. He was spotted seven runs in the first three innings. Anybody, not anybody, but usually when you have a guy like Cole and his stuff, he's going to be able to pitch through that and you're going to get a win. It's a shutdown. He might as well turn the TV off. You're going to get a victory. When he has to go inning for inning, zero for zero with a quality pitcher on the other side like Barrios, it's looking like to me that it's he's having a hard time trying to get through those games, trying to navigate through those games, whether it's the pressure he's getting to him, whether, okay, I got to try to hit my spots and all of a sudden balls are out over the middle of the plate. It's just looking like this is not a guy that, okay, if I need one game and I need a win, he's the guy you want on the mound. I'm going to push back a little on that one, Nelly. And again, yeah, I, go ahead. I, I, I respect, you know how much I respect yeah, what yeah, you yeah. did and what you accomplished. I, I mean, I think Garrett Cole has plenty of games where he did game five of the ALDS last season. Three days rest for the first time in his career. He did his part. I was six games, one. In, I'm sorry, six innings, one run. I believe against the Rays. I mean, first of all, the Blue Jays are an excellent hitting team, and they capitalize on a guy who clearly did not have his best stuff last night. I I am not going to indict Garrett Cole's character. I, I think Garrett Cole has shown to me he has proven that 
he can be trusted in a big game. Can he deliver? I, obviously, no one can 100% guarantee. And I do, you know, I acknowledge all of your points about training and, and uh, the mentality about going from 60 to 162. But I think going from 60 to 162, COVID, the hamstring, this guy looks a little gassed to me. Yeah, he's human. Uh, that's what it comes down to. And I agree with you, Ken. I mean, he doesn't have to prove himself. But when you're paid $36 million, you're expected to get results. And, uh, you know, Nellie and I talked Cole ad nauseum in our first segment. I, as a baseball fan, Kenny, I have to ask you this. And I know you're, you love this game. We talked during the Field of Dreams scenario that happened this year with the White Sox and Yankees. And something may happen here after Sunday. That, look, Yankee fans might not want to happen, but baseball fans in general, we may have a four-team tie, Kenny, (laughs) for this wild card. So, you know, put fandom aside, whatever. As a baseball fan, if we see this four-team tie and the way it it shakes out, the rules of it are are just, you know, it's so weird. The three-team we went over a couple weeks ago, and that was weird. But the four-team, it's a little bit less weird than the three-team. But this would be so exciting, not only for the fan bases of these teams, but for baseball fans in general, Ken. Oh, it'd be insane. And it's funny, Sharon, as soon as you said this, I started calling up my I a few years ago one of the major league baseball PR guys emailed me all the different scenarios so I'm just calling on that up now so this would be a four club tie for two wild card spots right right correct so after clubs have been assigned their a b c and d designations club a would host club b club c would host club d one of those games would be declared the wild card club so that's that's pretty simple yeah uh, yeah and and the mariners need to win their last three games the red sox needed to win four of six games against the orioles and nationals over their last six the yankees need to take one of the three games against the blue jays which they already did and two or three against the rays and the blue jays need to take two or three against the yankees and then sweep the orioles in their final three games now now, if that all happens, we have a four-way tie at 92-70 and 70 for all these teams. Now, the Red Sox, this is where it gets a little interesting, Ken, because the Red Sox would have the opportunity to pick their designation because they would have the best record amongst the four teams that are tied, and that's the best winning percentage in head-to-head games against the four teams. So they would probably pick A, which would give them that um, – opportunity that if they lost that first a versus b game they would have another opportunity to get into the wild card game but that also means they would have used more pitchers <laughs> to get into that wild card game than the other teams so it would just be wild and i would sign for that right now just give me four teams give me those two one game playoffs before the one game wild card and let the you know what hit the fan and let's just see where these teams uh uh, land when all this stuff happens it would be phenomenal in my eye uh, no jake I, I need your help we need to rescue shirney from this rabbit hole he's <laughs> dug himself into just wait till he has his surgery tomorrow he's going to be oh, in a loophole you've never seen him like, god bless you shirney i'm with you i'm a complete nerd about this stuff i just the, the pandemic ken has thrown me down so many rabbit holes i'm just glad this one has to deal with baseball well friend. thank god the a's are out because i believe there was no rule for a five-team tie if there the a's not. were to tie there would have been nothing you're correct yeah i think they just they would have canceled the season look i'm just glad that it's exciting going down to the last series for all of these teams and seattle has the day off today on thursday so they would have to pick back up and sweep the angels this weekend in order to have an opportunity for this to even happen but ken this yankee team who has been confounding i want to go positive here uh i I go i go negative a lot but i want to go positive and and the positive that i've seen especially lately especially in the loss 
to the Blue Jays last night. Yeah, we could talk about the defense again and the drop pop-up, and we could point at that as being one of the reasons why they lost that game. And yeah, we'd be 100% accurate, and Ellie and I talked about that. But the one thing that really has me thinking this team is different than it was is that a 4 nothing game, Ken, uh, mid-season, earlier in the season, shut the TV off because the Yankees weren't coming back. They just weren't. They are fighting now. The offense is showing some life. They're not flatlining. If they're down 4 nothing, they still have an opportunity. We're at Stanton say that in the postgame the other night. It doesn't matter. If we have outs left, we believe we could come back. We believe we could do some damage. He's been doing most of the damage himself, but he's actually got this offense with a heartbeat. What are your thoughts on that as we head down the stretch here? Do you have a little bit more confidence because the offense is showing that sign, those signs of life? Absolutely, Sharon. Look, there are three takeaways from last night, right? One, two are negative. Cole, obviously huge concern. And the fact that they lost the game, obviously very distressed. But the clear one positive takeaway, you're right. They were down four zip and then they score two, right? And then Cole gives up another one. And, you, you know, you're like, come on, Cole, get, you know, give us, <laughs> give us a shutdown inning there. And he can't. Uh, but then they come back and even uh, Boone, who has been more than beleaguered for his strategy decisions this year, sticking with Agashioka there, right? When he could have yeah. brought in uh, yeah. Sanchez to pinch hit. And Higgy comes through with a big two run single. And all right, wow, a brand new ball game here, 5 5. And then Clay Holmes, you can't really fault him too much. He's been no. tremendous, gives up a homer to a good hitter. And, and that's, the ball game but that's yeah, baseball I, susan yeah i mean sure. i mean just just look at the uh, you know counting last night so now seven to one in their last eight all of the comebacks they've had on offense and certainly driven by stanton and judge but uh, a lot of guys delivering big moments uh, brett gardner Higgy last night urshela glaber torres a lot of guys coming through with big spots. Yeah, and great points, Ken, with Cole. You know that's why I respect you. So you can fight back anytime you want. Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not always, I'm not right either. I'm not, I'm hardly ever right. <laughs> Kenny versus Nelly, the matchup we've all been waiting. Right, for. You know, like, you know, I do. I just respect what you accomplished so much, Nelly. So I, like, I'm not going to fight you on, you know, no, it's uh, good on, on fatigue, but I'm going to fight you on character. Yeah, you know, no, it's you know, it, it, that's good. Yeah, I just, you know, I see. You know, I just see the way they train now and being around the Marlins and being and seeing how teams come out. It's not just the Yankees. They they do it all over baseball, how they, you know, they limit the starters as far as pitches in, the, in spring training. So it's totally different than what it used to be. So maybe they are, you know, maybe you are seeing some fatigue and maybe as a, has a result of what they've done in spring training. Who knows? But, you know, with that being said, they're going up against Ray tonight. He, he's possible Cy Young. I mean, this could win him the Cy Young maybe. I don't know. You, you have a better point, a uh, better view with that uh, if, he, if he winds up beating the Yankees. If the Yankees lose the Red Sox win they're tied what do you see the Yankees having to do and can you see them winning two out of three knowing that the Rays are going to want to knock out the Yankees as much as possible and that that would be their that would be their World Series to try to knock out the Yankees <laughs> this weekend yeah I, I can see yeah I think the Yankees are very capable of, of beating the Rays two out of three especially at home yeah just because they're playing close to their peak and they're as we've seen when they play close to their peak they can they can hang with anyone uh see so yeah, I can see that tonight no doubt uh edge to the Blue Jays going into it and I'm very curious to see how Corey Kluber navigates that Blue Jays lineup obviously a very righty heavy lineup but you know Kluber has not has not pitched particularly well against good offensive teams. So I'm very curious about that. And uh, yeah, b bottom line is I can see the Yankees uh, making the playoffs. It's going to be hard to get that home game. It really is. You know, the, the Red Sox, they took their, their loss to the Orioles on Tuesday night with Chris Sale, but they, they come back last night and their schedule is just so easy. So it's going to be hard for the Yankees to get that home game. 
All right, Kenny, let's let's get predictions across the board here. When we record the pinstripe pod on Monday, will there be a four-way tie? Will the Yankees and Red Sox be in? Will the Yankees and Jays be in? Start with you, Ken. Make your make your predictions for the wild card. Team. Man, oh man, what the heck? I'll say uh I'll say Yankees versus Jays in New York. And I'm really just I'm doing that to save Shearney. I think he'd go into a coma if, if there were a, a four-way tie. <laughs> Sensory overload. It'd be a good coma though. <laughs> All right. All right, Shearney, what do you what do you think? What are you going with? Uh, not the four way tie. Um, not the four way tie. I I think it'll be Yankees, Red Sox up in Boston. That that's what I'm thinking. Nelly. Yeah. I think, you know, I actually think the same thing. I think, you know, as as good a season as the Mariners have had and and the good push that they're putting through, I just don't see them sweeping the angels, you know, and the, and the Blue Jays, to me, I watched these games and it seemed like they just wanted to give the game away. I mean, they're a good young team. And I think the pressure sometimes is getting to them, their bullpen, especially, you know, Ray's going to have to go deep in the game, I think, for them to win today. But I see the Red Sox and the Yankees and it's going to be up in Boston. I have one last one for Ken. What do you think about the stand-up comedians that are going to be at uh, City Field next year? Oh, here he goes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a weird story. <laughs> and the, the opening act, Albert Almora Jr. and Luis Rojas. Oh, Welcome to the stage. I mean, Jake, I feel for you, man. I mean, uh, I, I, you know, I, I mean, you can have me over on your other podcast, but it's, just, it's amazing to me. You know, you're one, you're one of this ownership. How many mistakes, not many mistakes they inherited, how many mistakes they made fresh. It's incredible. Oh, don't worry. Sa- Sandy's staying one more year because, <laughs> for God knows why, he's still here. He's still all the mistakes he's made. He's going to get one more season to correct his twenty million mistakes. Mister and Mrs. Cohen, use your money to make the, the the product on the field better. Don't worry about the stands. If you build a team, they will come. You know, we had the Field of Dreams game this year. Stop with the nonsense marketing. I get it's a little bit of the team. Put a product on the field that you could be proud of and that fans want to come to see. How about scoring some runs for your ace? Do that. Don't worry about what's going on in the stands. Worry about what's going on on the field. But are they that bad of a team? They're not that bad of a team. If you look at this lineup, you say, okay, I think they could be one of the best in the division. They lost to Grom and Syndergaard, and you know some of the pitchers haven't showed up. But on paper, you look at this team, and I'm like, okay, this could be a, this could be an NL East division winner. It's not, they're not that far bad. At all. They're the they're first not, team in far. major league history to hold first place for over a hundred days. And then wind up under 500. I will say some some of these games, you know, I've been to like 55. I'll I'll go to the finale tonight just to enjoy City Field food one more time as a send off because I won't have it. But, you know, these games, I do need comedy shows after. I want to leave and poke my eyes out. So if they could get, you know, a solid comedian, Jerry Seinfeld, post game Seinfeld, yeah, get one of those guys after a game, I could use a few laughs after some of the losses they've had this year. Yeah. You have your pick of A list comics with the Mets. You have uh, Kevin James, you have Jim Brewer. You have John Jerry Stewart. Steinfeld, John Stewart. Yeah, there you go. Good <laughs> job Romano. out of you, Kenny. Yeah, there you go. Ray Romano. Sandy Alderson, too. Luis Rojas, <laughs> Mickey Calloway. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. That's going to do it for us here. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us, pal. We appreciate the t- all the time you come on. You follow him on Twitter at Ken David. Often read his stories in the post and nypost.com. And again, remember, sign up for Post Sports Plus now. Get your 30 day free trial right now. Kenny, thanks, brother. Have a great weekend, guys. Thank you. 
That says goodnight to episode 91, the Alfredo Acevis edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Mungia, of course, for producing the show. Go into Apple Podcasts right now. Give us a five-star rating. Write in a positive review. We do appreciate it. You can also find us on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We are back Monday following the Yankees' regular season finale in the Bronx Sunday as we see if they will make the playoffs.